As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Presenting sponsor for today's episode of Civilized Barking is Visa, a network working for everyone. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson here, getting you ready for week three, another game at First Energy Stadium. Uh, the Bears coming to town, Justin Fields going to make his starting debut. Um, bravo to you guys, it was quite a scene, it was just about everything it was advertised or imagined, I guess, to be. Last week with the Browns playing um, their first full stadium home game in a couple of years. Uh, outside was wild inside was wild it was loud uh and they got the win you know upon further review of that game I thought the offense played a little bit better than I initially thought you know when we recorded the podcast an hour and a half after the game or or even into Monday morning you know I, I, I definitely think it was a bit of a no-win situation for the Browns they were better than the Texans um they were at home where all the pressure was on them you know, the Texans are not trying to win. They won the first game, right? And the Texans offense did play well uh, in the first half. So are the Browns fortunate that Tyrod Taylor got hurt? Well, sure. Were the Browns going to lose that game? I don't know. But, guys, there, there's no straight line here. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It's a long season. You know, clearly the Browns have some glaring issues with the defense, um, with with losing Jarvis Landry on the second snap of that game. You know, um, clearly Grant Delpit's a positive. Anthony Schwartz didn't have a great second game, but he's been a positive. The kickoff team is better. Chase McLaughlin made his kicks, right? Um, you know, Jed Wills couldn't finish. Blake Hance came in. Nick Chubb only had 11 carries. Sure, well, he maximized them. Kevin Stefanski has a plan. This is a good team. Um, it's The offensive roster is better. The offensive continuity is better. That's understandable. Uh, I'll just say this. I think it's crazy to bail on the defense um, there are so many new pieces and, you know, Miles Garrett deserves the benefit of the doubt. We've seen him produce, you know, Denzel Ward had a great first game. The Texans went right at him. They clearly saw something in the Browns, mostly zone defense. I think it was 83% zone. Um, they told them they could get something there. So is, that's on Ward to correct. That's on Joe Woods to correct. Um, the Browns didn't blitz a ton. Well, they pay Garrett and Clowney a ton. They, you know, there's risk when you blitz, right? So 
I, I guess what I'm saying is, yes, they deserve the benefit of needing more time. And, and I guess you could probably say they picked the right time to have a crappy showing because they still escaped the Texans. Um, can you be worried? Yes. Is Joe Woods under pressure externally and probably internally? Well, if they don't start performing, yes. So we'll see. Um, it's a long, long way to the finish. The Browns are run by adults. I keep saying this. The Browns have good players, and even through the defensive struggles, I think you see upgraded talent. I really do. I think they'll get it figured out. Um, there might be one or two games along the way where the defense just needs to stand up and the Browns grind out a 13-10 win. That's not this league. That's not how this team is built. So are they going to score 30-plus every week? No. Are they going to score 30-plus a lot of weeks and get to 40 if they need to? Sure. You know, Kevin Stefanski pretty much said uh, we went conservative. You know, Baker's been sharp. It's almost 82% completion percentage, guys. That's That's the highest in the league, quite obviously. Um, his two misses last week were back-to-back, just one where he tried to force it down the field, and it either wasn't open or it wasn't there, probably a combination of both. The next play gets intercepted, a little bit of a high pass. Schwartz doesn't help out his quarterback. 19-21, it's pretty good. Um, adjusting on the fly, losing Jarvis Landry. So as we sit here, um, we record this 72 hours from, from Sunday's kickoff. You know, We're expecting Odell. We don't know. Um, is there going to be some sort of – Drama and pomp and circumstance with that, sure. Um, can Odell come in and help this team? Sure. You know, uh, as far as a snap count, as far as can he really make all the cuts he needs, is he really going to be full speed? Yeah. Is he going to have some hesitation until and unless he gets hit on that knee? Maybe that that would be natural. Uh, I think if he plays, the Browns plan to use him. You know, it doesn't mean he won't be a decoy at times. It doesn't mean Schwartz will go to the bench. Look, there's jobs open in this receiving core. I mean, Jarvis rarely left the field. So ideally, you put Odell at one spot. You put Higgins in the slot, but going to mix it up. And, and I know Donovan Peoples-Jones only has a couple of targets on the year, and he had the fumble last week. Well, the Texans made a great play on that. He's wide open on a couple others. The ball doesn't get to him. He's blocking his ass off. He has the key block on Nick Chubb's run. So, um, again, no excuses. It, it's early in the year. Uh and the Browns have the talent. They have the right coaches. They're going to keep getting better. Um, the big goals, the big expectations, those are real. The excitement, I understand it. They can't make the playoffs here on September 25th or whatever the hell the day is on Sunday. I don't even know what day it is right now. Right? So um, you bob and you weave and, and you work on addressing what what what's glaring and – you know, you, you take a look, as mentioned before, at, at the Grant Delpits and the Malcolm Smiths, and, and those are positives. And you know you got a damn good O-line and a damn good run game. And even with Jarvis down three weeks, right, like there's still guys here. I mean, what does Rashard Higgins continually do? Comes in and catch passes for first downs, right? Um, I thought last week was big for Harrison Bryant, getting his confidence right. It was his biggest game in a long time. Baker went to him. He went up and got the ball. Uh, he moved the chains. So they still have a lot of weapons. And, you know, you miss Jarvis on on multiple fronts, everything from him blocking and lining up all over the place to being your emergency quarterback and your trick play guy and your emergency punt returner and all of those things. Um, guys can still make plays. Schwartz and Peoples-Jones, yes. 
We've seen it with Higgins. We've seen it with Beckham. Um, again, I, there's a play that stands out to me from from last week. And frankly, it was Sunday night and I was asleep. Um, the Ravens game is what I'm talking about, where the, the clip's gone kind of viral, where Harbaugh's out yelling, Lamar, do you want to go for it? And Lamar says, hell yes. Well, I think they were going to go for it anyway, for one. But two, that's the kind of chemistry and trust in aggression, right? You have a philosophy, you have your guys, and you trust that you're going to get it. Well, for the first time, the Browns are getting that, right? They are. Um, Stefanski has an aggressive mindset. Baker has an aggressive mindset. He shows that in the way he blocks and tackles guys that picked him off and, and tackles every day. They want him to be healthy and safe. I think they're they're fortunate, and they know that that he is. Um, he is good to go, and, and we'll see. I just think in any season, even though this season's different with the expectations and the talent level and finally being measured against lofty standards instead of the shit that we saw for 20 years, um, it is different, but but teams have to go through things. And through eight quarters, the Browns have gotten some good experiences. They're one on one. Could they be two and zero? Yeah, you could say that. Um, has it been perfect? No. Is it going to be no? So they don't play a division game until uh, Halloween. All right, and and the clocks don't change for six weeks, and the bye weeks not for a month after that. Long way to go. Trust in Stefanski. Trust in Barry. Trust in your quarterback. He's earned it. He really has. We'll see. Um, enough of me. Let's bring in my counterpart in Chicago, Kevin Fishbane. He's covered the Bears for a long time. Uh, Bears are an interesting team, obviously, here in Ohio and in and, and league-wide, really, with the fascination with, with the quarterbacks and the importance of the position with Justin Fields. But they have a coach on the hot seat. They have a GM on the hot seat. We know how that goes here in Cleveland. They have some good players. You know, do they have enough to be a real contender? I don't know. Is it probably years down the road with Fields? Sure. Um you know, what's a future window in the NFL? I don't know. Let's go to Kevin and talk about all of those things. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Kevin, first, welcome. Um, Thank you for joining us. And obviously, we'll talk about Justin Fields and about the game. But in my own ramble here, as I was kind of collecting my hundred thoughts into 10 minutes or so, um, you know, the Browns, we saw many rebuilds not see their way through. And we saw a long-term one that was, you know, supposed to be five years, which is a fallacy, get blown up in a year and a half and all of that. Um, what kind of timeline are the Bears are on? Are the Bears on, right? Because they have this promising young rookie quarterback. Otherwise, it's a pretty veteran team. You know, I don't think they're good enough to win it all, but you never know in this league. So I just want to start there. Like, what – what is the melding of the different timelines within that organization right now? Yeah, Zach, it's it's a great question because, you know, the Bears have been kind of hell-bent on becoming the 2017 Chiefs, um, which is a very lofty goal considering they are not nearly as talented as the 2017 Chiefs. Um, but that was their hope, right? They, they were hoping that Andy Dalton would come in here. They'd go like 10 and 7 while Justin Fields just did his thing on the side and then they would, you know, move on from Dalton Field, step into a to a playoff roster, and and they would just keep going. So they wouldn't have to really rebuild. Um, that was the hope. 
Uh, obviously, the timeline's accelerated here with Fields. And the problem is, as I mentioned, it's not a great roster. And there are some horrible contracts. They're one of the oldest teams in the league. And it, it would make football sense for them to part ways with a lot of those aging guys in bad contracts at the end of the season and go into a, a two, three-year you know, rebuild. But then again, you have Justin Fields in his rookie contract, so you don't want to take that long. Uh, so they're, you know, look, if, if, if Fields is great and they make the playoffs, like they might find a way to just keep kicking the can down the road and keep this thing going as long as they can. Uh, but or they're going to be in a situation where they're going to kind of be stuck in the middle. Uh, and, and, and really what they need is they need some of their guy, other guys on rookie deals to really ascend. And, and, and that would make it easier for them to not fully rebuild, but kind of add a few veterans next offseason and, and see if they can keep this thing going. Right. I want to talk more about fields, but um, let's go from the bigger picture to right here. Do do they come here this week thinking they can win this game? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they're like you know. I, I think you and I know this that every team thinks them of themselves in a much higher context sure. than the rest of the league, right? And the Bears are no different. Like they, you know, uh, like the, the fact. I think they were like. 24th 25th in our power rankings you know for the first couple weeks like they don't see themselves like that like that's just like these that's how these guys are wired so like they firmly believe that they are a playoff contending team so yeah they're they're coming into this this Cleveland game thinking not only that they're you know they could win but this can be a hey you know we are contenders like we should be taken seriously um like this is a very good litmus test for them especially because the following week there it's a home game against the lions so if they lose lose right. to cleveland and beat detroit they're still good everyone's gonna be like well you beat detroit and cincinnati at home like big whoop uh so like if, if they're able to pull this off in cleveland uh then people can maybe start taking them as seriously as they take themselves right um you know, I don't see the Bears all the time. Obviously, the Browns and, you know, the last time they played was the next to last game of the Browns completing a winless season. So uh, a lot has changed since then. Mitchell Trubisky was the Bears quarterback. All of that. Um, I do know that David Montgomery ha- has emerged. And, and I got to feel like that him taking a leap last year into this year is, is a reason for optimism, you know, both this week and in the bigger picture, correct? Yeah, it is. I mean, this is... You know, Matt Nagy never wanted to necessarily be a head coach that gives one guy 20 carries a game, but I think he's kind of realized that, A, Montgomery is really good and, and can handle it, and B, like, the, the, the passing game just isn't there and hasn't been there. And, and that was what really got them on their win streak last year that propelled them to the playoffs was Montgomery was outstanding. He looks better already this year than he did last year. He rarely goes down at first contact. He's a tough runner. He, he, he's gotten quicker, um, you know, which is like a weird thing because, you know, guys say they're faster, but they really aren't. But I think he actually is one of those rare guys that did get a little quicker in the offseason with some of the footwork drills he was doing and, and, and shedding some weight and, and, and what have you. So, you know, he, he is kind of the key to the offense because, you know, like it, it's weird to say this, Zach, but I, I know we don't want to necessarily go down the fields path right now, but when you go from Andy Dalton to Justin Fields, you would think, oh, wow, that's a huge quarterback upgrade. But it's not 
really because you got a rookie quarterback. Like you just don't know. You can't really sure. go into Cleveland saying, "Well, we're going to have Justin Fields throw the ball forty times and we're going to win." Like that's just like that's just a fallacy. Like you get you got you, this team if they're going to go anywhere this year, it's going to be because Montgomery is a you know twelve hundred yard rusher um, and somebody's getting the ball fifteen to twenty five times a game. Right. Um, let, let's go to Fields. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, we could talk Khalil Mack and we could talk more and we, and we probably will. Um, I watched two of the preseason games, Kevin. I was able to so far to just skim last week's game. Uh, you know, you see a talented guy. You see a guy who, as most rookies is, is, is inclined to pull it and run. Right. And, and, and that's part of his strength. I also see that, that the game is fast for him. Right. There's times he drops back and he's he's locked in on someone. So, you know, what what can Nagy do? What can the Bears do to, to put him, you know, in these advantageous positions and, and really succeed on Sunday against the Browns defense that I think is cl- inclined to sit back, you know, um, and doesn't want him to escape the pocket. But if Clowney and Garrett get loose, like they can make it really hard on a rookie quarterback. Yeah, it's a great point, Zach. And I, and I think that. You know, last week, it just seemed like it was an Andy Dalton game plan that Fields had to operate, mm-hmm. which was, you know, in the pocket and every single one of his throws, except for, interestingly enough, his interception was outside the numbers from the pocket. And like that just doesn't seem to be a very uh, effective way, especially for someone like him. I would expect to see a lot of play action stuff, getting him on the move, cutting the field in half for him. You know, making it, you know, quick reads and, and you know, I, I want to be careful because like with Mitch Trubisky, when they finally started doing that, that's when he started playing well and then defenses caught on and, and it didn't work anymore. Um, I'm not like they had to do that for Mitch Trubisky. They don't have to do that for fields in the long term. Like, I think this is somebody who is good enough to be able to sit in the pocket, go through his progressions and make the throws. But for right now, for his first start. Uh, against a pass rush that he's going to face with, you know, an offensive line that's actually played better than I think people have expected, but it's still not, uh, uh, you know, probably a slightly below average group. You, you got to get him moving. He, he is really good throwing on the move. As you mentioned with his legs, like he can, you know, get out to the pocket and run for 15, 20 yards. So I would imagine we'll, we will see a lot more of that than the type of offense we saw uh, last Sunday. Look, if, if Matt Nagy tries to make Justin Fields run a Matt Nagy offense, uh, it's not going to go well, I don't think. And uh, like it's a weird we're in like this weird spot in Chicago where Bears fans are trying to figure out this like they're twisting themselves into pretzels trying to figure out how can we root for Justin Fields to be great and the Bears to win games. But then get a new head coach next year. <laughs> like like Matt Matt Nagy's Q rating in town is just so low right now. And it would behoove him, not that he not that he gives a crap, like he doesn't care, but it would really behoove him from a PR standpoint to create the type of game plan we expect to see sure. that puts Justin Fields in these advantageous positions. You know, Matt Nagy said yesterday I want, we want Justin to be comfortable. We're going to give him plays that he's comfortable with. So we will, we'll let, let's see that because asking Fields to sit in the pocket and go through his reads for his first career start on the road um, with the team is not really doesn't really have a ton of weapons. Um, yeah. it, it's just a recipe to fail. You know, Fields is young, right? And he essentially didn't even have two full seasons of playing in college. Um, 
you know, we had the throw against Indiana last year. Um, that's just out of this, this world. And then you had a game like the Big Ten Championship game where he looked very normal, right, against the mighty Northwestern Wildcats. So um, I assume you're going to see some of that. I, and I assume you, you've watched him every day, all the preseason games, you know, his cameo appearances here, right, all through training camp. Just I assume from a rookie quarterback you've seen good and bad. Um, do you feel like good is close? I, I think it can be a little bit of a roller coaster because like he, you know, he could go up there on Sunday, roll outside the pocket and launch some 50 yard bomb to Darnell Mooney and everyone's going to go crazy. And the next possession, he's going to, you know, uh, the Browns are going to do some kind of disguise. He's not going to see it coming. He's not going to see a safety coming over and he's going to throw a pick like it's it's just going to I just feel like it's going to be some ups and downs and he's going to have games where he's just lights out and he's going to have games like we saw in the second half against Cincinnati. Like I just feel like it's, and that's one of the reasons I think that Andy Dalton was the starter is this bears staff just isn't willing to ride the roller coaster. Like they want somebody who they can kind of trust and not have to go through these rookie lumps because they need to win. You know, this isn't like, This isn't like the Jets, you know, who like the Jets coaching staff, the brand new staff, like they, they can put up with four interceptions from Zach Wilson and like it's OK. So, yeah, I, I think I think you're going to see some moments of greatness and you're going to see some moments that remind you that he is just a rookie. And, and not only that, Zach, he's a rookie that just is on a team that has like two like above average receivers, a pretty good tight end. I think a definitely above average running back and that's it. Like you just don't like, this isn't a team that is just going to be explosive. Like again, like it's it just, it humors me how much they want to be the chiefs when they don't have anybody close to, you know, what the <laughs> chiefs uh, have in terms of offensive weapons. But the thing is they believe fields can be that guy. I mean, like fields is probably the best player on this offense. And he, like right now he probably already is. It's just whether or not that's going to translate sure. into him putting up big numbers when he, when defense are going to throw things at him that he's never seen before. Right. So apologies to you, Kevin, and to the listeners. Um, we got to cut this short because I have to get to Brown's interviews. And you know, we although we know Odell's probably not going to talk, we're still playing this game. Yada yada. So last thing, uh, Kevin. You know, you, you mentioned we we know Allen Robinson, we know Khalil Mack, right? I think people know Eddie Jackson, for example. Who is a Bears player that if the Bears do play well and really push the Browns for four quarters Sunday, um, that people will get to know? I, I think in Chicago, everybody knows Akeem Hicks. I'm still not sure how much around the league they know him, but he has been playing like a wrecking ball. Uh, you know, he's in the last year of his contract. He wants an extension and he's playing like it. Uh, he's just been everywhere. And uh, I think that he's someone that could really cause problems for the Browns in the run game. He could pro- cause problems for Baker Mayfield, just the way he plays. He's just really, really difficult to block. And he is that type of game wrecker um, because he, you know, he's so, you know, Mac, Cleo Mack hasn't done a whole lot this year. And I think when you look at Akeem Hicks, he lines up right by the, right by the football. And he's going to be right there, you know, in the face of anybody who touches the ball for Cleveland. So the Bears need a defensive masterpiece. Uh, to kind of help out the rookie quarterback, and he's kind of the, the key guy who could get that done. It's a fun game. Uh, it's going to be a super wild environment in Cleveland. You know, you have the Justin Fields factor. You have the Browns, um, you know, needing a win and, and needing a better performance, looking to create some momentum. You have 
likely Odell's return. So a lot on the line here. Some some past Browns Bears games have not been that sexy. Uh, this one is is the opposite, and that's good for us. That's that's good for everybody uh, invested in it. Thank you guys for listening. As always, subscribe to the Athletic. Um, subscribe, review, share everything with the Civilized Barking Podcast. It'll be Jason and I uh, about an hour or two after Sunday's game. Recapping it, um, I expect the Browns to be aggressive and try to play well, but, but I, I think the Bears are, are, are decent, and I think it's going to be a four-quarter game. So um, I know you'll be watching. We appreciate you reading, listening, all of that. So for Kevin Fishbane, I'm Zach Jackson. Talk to you Sunday on the next Civilized Party.